Welcome to Heart Truths, a podcast about leaving home and doing life differently. Hi guys, welcome back to our second episode of our podcast, Heart Truths. I'm Shanice. And I'm Bryna. Is there such thing as the best time to go? When is the best time? How do I know if it's the best time? I'm sure all of you have all these burning questions that I also have. And we hope by sharing some stories today that it might give some answers to some of these questions and help you figure out whether it is a sign that it may be a good time for you to go. For those of you who are new to our podcast, we are on the first season of our podcast, Heart Truths. And this podcast is all about conversations about venturing out, stepping out of our comfort zones, what it means to say goodbye to home and hello to life in a foreign land. Me, I've been based in Toronto, Canada since 2018, while Shanice is taking steps towards figuring out if she should do life big time overseas. Just to recap, in episode one, we chatted about what it means to leave home. And we spoke about why we leave or why do we want to even leave? What drives us? What motivates us? You know, are they push or pull factors that, that compel us? And we also spoke about what holds people back from leaving home. In this second episode now, we want to dive into the question of doors. How do you know, even if a door opens or even if doors open, how do you know if you should go? And we think that it's all about timing. Yeah, on timing. Let's start with Bryna. Bryna, you left home. <laughs> You're now there, freezing off in Canada. Um, but when you went to Toronto, <laughs> when did you know what? Did you even know if it was a good time to go? I think that when we think about leaving home, or 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 opportunities that come to us, we sometimes think that there is a best time for something to come to us, the best time to go somewhere, the best time to go, right? But in reality. Sometimes the timing doesn't work that way. When my husband and I chatted about the best time to go, we had in mind that the best time to go would be when we didn't have kids. Because wow. it would just be so much more straightforward to just take off as two married people, but just pursuing our own individual lives. But I think the plot totally changes when they're kids. And so in our minds, the best time to go was when we when we didn't have kids. But when the opportunity came, we didn't just have one kid, we had two kids. <laughs> and one kid was like two months old. So I remember I had just birthed our second kid. I was in the hospital on like day three when my husband was like, we got the green light. I was like, what? <laughs> like I am in confinement my you know my wounds haven't healed but then we had to think about how to sell the house or how to rent out the house and even though in Asian culture you know they always say you know in the first month you don't do anything right you just kind of let your body rest and recuperate but I was shoving the sofa I was clearing stuff up I was breastfeeding I was doing all sorts of stuff round the clock because we got the green light. Oh my God. And so 
I know. So actually, in terms of timing, babe, like the timing was so not ideal, you know. And and even when you have a kid, when you're transiting from one kid to two kids, it's a whole new ball game. It's like you think you have figured out parenthood with one kid, but when the second kid comes in, it's different. And yet at the same time, while adjusting to this new addition to our family, we were also moving. Like there were so many moving parts. So yeah, the timing wasn't ideal the first time we were offered this opportunity to relocate. How did your family or your parents, relatives, like how did they react? Were they against you going? Uh, were they asking you to stay a few more months, years? What was that like? Mm. So I remember that when when we told our friends and family members that we were going to go, that we had an opportunity and we would go for it. A lot of them said that we were choosing the wrong time. A lot of people said they would not do it. And a lot of people who knew what I was doing in terms of my work, so I was in the media industry, I was doing well. A lot of friends were like, you're going to give that up? You're going to give up your career advancement to support your husband? Like, is that what you're going to do? You're going to sacrifice everything? (laughs) You just gave birth. You're going to go? But I also remember one of the things they said was that you are so brave. Mm. They said they would not do it. They said the timing was not right. But they said, you are so brave. You are so brave for wanting to go, for deciding to go, for making that choice. It's a bold and brave decision you're making. And I felt like, you know, even though they did not see themselves as being able to do that, I felt like, yeah, this is what I feel in my heart that I want to try to do you know and I was fully at peace about it even though I fully knew that I did not know actually what was gonna really happen so yeah we said yes to adventure we said yes we said a big yes despite all the circumstances and despite the timing seeming like it was wrong And you know what, Shanice, the second time the opportunity came to go again. Oh, yeah. So for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, I'm based in Toronto, Canada. I was here 2018 to 2020. And then because of COVID, our whole family was recalled together with everything else that was here. So we were recalled. And then we came back or rather we were offered the opportunity to come back in end 2021. And I think the second time, if we thought the first time was bad, the timing was not ideal the first time, the second time round in end 2021, when we were were offered this opportunity to go again, the timing was even worse. Like in a lot of people's eyes and minds, the timing was even worse because our daughter was then going to start primary school. And I, because of that time that we were back in Singapore for COVID, I had restarted my media career back in Singapore. And, you know, a lot of people say, okay, you know what, even if you want to do this overseas life thing, if you want to do it with kids, make sure you come back before your kids begin primary school, because that's a good juncture to go back into life in Singapore, to to kind of fit back into the stream of things. Wow. So primary school was like the milestone or like the the kind of moment for most parents in Singapore to be like, oh, you can do whatever, but primary school, which is when your kid is seven years old, you have to be back so that they can go back into the mainstream sort of education system and fit into sort of that line of, of education. I would say that 
Yes. Yes, Janice. I would say that that's how a lot of people think. Like that's the way a lot of people perceive it. So if best case scenario is going as individuals before their kids, the second best case scenario in a lot of people's minds is, okay, you know what, let's do it with the kids. But once the kids reach this milestone, because that's when they kind of enter, right? Like if you forget preschool, you enter formal education in Singapore at age seven, like you rightly said, primary one. And that's in a lot of people's minds, that's the best case scenario. But for us, if we said yes in 2021 to going back to Canada, then it meant that we would be missing in that sense this milestone or rather choosing against the flow of how things would go so it was a very conscious choice that we had to make yeah did you feel pressured like did you feel pressured to to do that or you know how was that conversation like with yourself or with your partner I love that question I think for me it's always been let's go on an adventure let's do hard things um, let's do, let's go on the path less travel. Let's do things that most people may not have the chance to do, right? I, I mean, even as I sit here now in 2024 doing this with you, and I ask myself if I would do it all over again, despite all the hardships and despite all the bumps, I would say yes. Because I'm all about trying and knowing, right? Don't try, don't know. And even if it's hard, at least I know that I have tried a hard thing. And even then, a hard thing is good. It's good for me, right? Maybe not in the, in the eyes of people, right? Like, why are you doing this? Why are you giving up your career, which you just restarted, right? Like, you love journalism. You love what you do for work. Like, why are you giving it up again, especially when you have, like, now become an editor, when I was facing this crossroad in 2021, like I had become an editor. And that's like a big thing for a woman in Singapore, like a young woman, a young married plus with children woman to have like a fully flourishing career and to give that up, you know? Wow. Yeah. So yes. Okay. So let's pause about me because I feel like I've said a, quite a bit and I know there's so much, right, Shanice? But I want to ask you because you have also been living such an exciting life in your own way. Um, I know you mentioned to me that you left in 2016 and you have basically been, um, I think you mentioned to me that you have been like a nomad, right? Like since 2016. Yeah. And so I think I'm so curious about how you knew it was time to leave. Like eight years ago, how did you know that was it, the time to go. You know, I didn't know. I think what happened to me very similarly to you was that in 2016, I got offered the opportunity to study um, in NYU uh, in an exchange program with my university. And then weirdly enough in that program, so if you don't know something about me, is that I'm a clown and my career now <laughs> is in clowning. So it was in that program that I took my first clown class and I was so interested in it. And because of that program, right after I finished that, I got offered an internship in Barcelona. 
to go and work with a dance company at that time it was called and it's still around called La Caldera and I was just supposed to be an intern there that was supposed to be translating um, Spanish to English text and just kind of learn about the dance industry there so I went from New York City I got the opportunity while in New York to go to Barcelona on this internship I took it and in Barcelona I remember I was cleaning the floors of the dance studio as part of my internship and I got a chance to actually take like dance theater classes with you know uh, directors who came in and I was just like a young student I would take these classes go back to you know clean the floors translate text watch shows help out here and there but it was in that internship a very wonderful director called Alberto Velasco he's a very famous actor Spanish actor I didn't know who he was but he gave a class uh, during my internship there and I took it and I loved it he was an amazing person director I had fun he went up to my supervisor and went can she be in my next show and she asked me she said hey the director wants you to be in this next show there's a huge festival El Festival del Greg which is like a huge summer festival we're doing this show he wants you to be in it uh, we can you know convert your internship and I was like yeah so I suddenly was in this huge show with in a show that I found out that many people like audition for like, and I was the last sort of member to be added in. And I didn't audition. I just showed up for the class. And then I did that show. So I lived in Barcelona. I went home. But because I did that whole New York, Barcelona thing, I became so interested in like clowning and all of that. Uh, in 2019, I went to Paris to study with a French master teacher clown called Philippe Collier. And I stayed there for two years well I studied there wow for, two years yeah, oh wow I mean, I that's something back, I did not know about you I came back wow. during the pandemic I went back again so I studied there and I stayed there in Paris and it was in Paris that a Canadian uh, producer saw me and she said she saw my work and she went hey do you want to come to Calgary in Canada to come and like you know I'm starting a residency I'm bringing some international artists in would you like to come and that's how I I went from there I came back it was a pandemic and then I packed my bags and left again to Canada Calgary and that started sort of like me writing a show and it took me on this kind of world tour and really what it is is that I went from opening a door, like saying yes to a door. Mm. And then something happened that led me to the next door, which led me to the next door, which made me meet someone who led me to the next door. And it wasn't really planned. Like I didn't know what the timing was. And I was really anxious and scared because I didn't know like what was going to be next. And I didn't know that this was the pattern pattern of my life. You know, I was just discovering that I was in these different cities and I was saying yes. And then it led me to the next thing and being open to the doors that might come for you, you know? I love that. Thanks so much for sharing that. I love that. As you were talking, I was just doing a whole mental mind map of the world and like imagining this aeroplane flying from <laughs> one spot to another. And this idea of your life as a series of doors just opening one after another, that's actually 
pretty magical. Like it's really special, I feel. And I think that's the special thing about your journey and your story. Were there times, however, when you felt like the doors were opening, but you said no to some of them? Or was it really like New York, then Barcelona, then Paris, then Canada, it all just kept flowing? Or were there times where you said, hey, I need to pause or I cannot step into this door at this point? Well, it wasn't that I couldn't step in or didn't want to step in. I think one another part of this like story, like I mean, the first part that I told you sounds really exciting. Like everything always falls in my lap kind of thing. But mm. I think the, the other side of the coin is that I am a freelance artist and I, I'm Singaporean. I live here. I'm trying to build a career here. And a lot of those doors open because I had a lot of rejections in Singapore. Like I was auditioning for work. I was trying to audition for work. Like I just couldn't get into the door. Like I sometimes mm. was not even given the chance to, I think, show my face or, you know, I didn't even know how to enter the door. And and it was like a series of rejections. Like the Barcelona show I got, I had auditioned for a Singaporean like show maybe before I left for New York and I, I got rejected. So I went to New York and then Barcelona. The show that happened in Barcelona was the same time the show happened in New York. So I remember doing that show in Barcelona and going like, huh, if I had gotten that show in Singapore, I wouldn't be here right now doing this really cool thing. And and that that's what happened. And the most, I think, recent thing that happened to me was, so I, I toured this comedy show in Canada and it's won like three awards, which I'm very proud of having done like a decade of work, just exploring my craft and, you know, putting my voice out there. And it was really interesting because after I won the first award in Vancouver, I came home and I thought, huh, I just won an award. So, you know, like things are going to fall in my lap now. Like, mm. you know, people, I'm going to get into doors and people are going to know who I am. And I was just very excited to come back home and work because this is my home. And of course, I want to like work here and, and fit in here and try to give back to to the art scene here. So I remember coming back and I got set up with a series of like meetings with different arts institutions or different people working in sort of higher up institutions who are very curious about my work and wanting to learn more about how I got to Canada. And I remember sitting in these meetings and one of them uh, told me and a higher up official asked me like, oh, have you been Mm. featured uh, in the Singaporean like press at that time no so I was like no I we pitched the story like no you know it didn't get picked up but you know it's fine and then he said to me oh it's because your award isn't good enough no yeah and then I was like no way for coffee here to tell me that I'm not good enough. And of course, that was like very upsetting to hear, especially because I was just meeting this person to just share about my work, but to be told you're not good enough after having been told and recognized that you were good enough somewhere else. I remember like I wasn't getting any work for a few months and I just didn't understand. I thought if I did this great thing, then you know, everything will fall in my lap, right? I was so depressed right now. Like, I was like, mm. I don't understand. Like I thought, you know, I did it. This was it, right? Um, mm. So after a series of months of, like, 
unemployment and and really not figuring out like where I was gonna go. I decided. I remember in a crying fit to my partner. Mm. I went. I think I'm gonna leave again. <laughs> like very dramatically, I'm gonna leave again. I'm gonna um. I'm going to train with this clown company in the UK. They're called Spy Monkey, and they're you know they take like all my friends who are clowns. That's where they go. You know, I'm gonna go since mm. nothing is happening for me. And of course, he's very supportive. I pack my bags again, <laughs> crying like, and I I left. And you know what the crazy thing is? I went to Spy Monkey. My first day in Spy Monkey. The guy yep. who was teaching the class, I tore my lunch break, came up to me and said, Shanice, do you know you're so good? You're so funny. Oh. And I just was oh, like, I was, sh- I was shocked. I was like, what? But like, I was told for months I was not good enough in this place, you know, and all these institutional people like telling me how I just don't fit in and stuff so yeah I mean this was just like one of those doors that closed but it led me to this journey with this clown company and then I went on tour again and then I won two more awards for my show so it really was about I guess listening to when the doors close do not take it so hard and try another door yeah, I love what you just said. Thank you for keeping it real. You know, we we started with your 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 segment talking about how you had this wonderful, seemingly wonderful series of doors, but then there are also a whole hard series of rejections. And I feel like this is something that we're going to explore in our future episodes. You know, what it means when, even if we go, what does that mean for us? And some of the hard things that we've encountered. I think Shanice has like really shared some of that. And I, there's so much more. And I think for me as well, there's so much more that I have yet to say. So please stay tuned to our episodes three and four, where we're going to explore what it means you know, to be a, a big, big girl in a big, big world and how, you know, how, the world, how the world responds to us, right? Whether it's people telling us we're not good enough or people telling me you do not belong here, you are nothing here. I remember, I mean, I don't want to go into that now, but that's something I definitely really want to tackle because that's really been upon my heart this whole year. And yeah, you know, so I think while, while we spoke about doors, opening doors, stepping into doors. I think like what Shanice mentioned, and and it's something that I probably want to say something about as well, is that sometimes the the open doors, you think that you're opening the door and it's a path of light, right? That's going in. But no, it's dark. Sometimes you are opening the door, but stepping into the dark. And I think you know, as we come to the the end of this episode, I think we've said so much and, and it's, you know, it's so life-giving to hear from Shanice and I hope it's life-giving to you to hear from me as well. And I think we want to say that sometimes it's scary. It's actually really scary. Like we, we say that we have open doors, but when the door opens and we choose to step in, it's scary. It sometimes doesn't mean a path of light and halos coming through for us as we walk into those doors, but we do it anyway. And and we spoke about timing, right? Sometimes it doesn't seem like the timing is good, better, or even best. Far from it. It's so far from the best time to go, the best time to explore. But we step in anyway. And I think what I personally feel is that it's okay if the timing seems 
counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. It's okay if the timing seems wrong in the eyes of everybody else. I think what's important is that you ask yourself, is this what I want for my life? And is this what I want to experience, even if it's going to mean darkness? And even if there may not be light, even as you choose the path of adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as people, we're always looking for affirmations of like, oh, when is the sign that this is the best time Mm. to go? Or when is the perfect timing? We always talk Mm. about perfect timing. Mm. But will it? Will it? Well, when is it? I don't know. I mean, I don't think there is ever a perfect timing, and we all know this. We all hear this all the time, but yet, you know, we instinctively catch ourselves like going, "Oh yeah, I'll do this when I do this." And mm. as much as we can plan and try to arrange our life in a certain way, if your intuition is telling you to walk through that door. Plan all you want, but sometimes, you know, the timing isn't really always up to you. And it's this kind of negotiation with, I feel like, the universe of what is given to you and what you want. You plant the seeds, you knock on these doors, and they might open, they might close, but you're going to try anyway and be open to where that path will lead you. And I find that very exciting. Yeah. Totally. I think that's what it is. It's exciting. It's scary, but it's exciting. Scary right? sighting. Scary sighting. <laughs> <laughs> I think we also talked about this idea of how sometimes we hold back because we don't know if we can give ourselves the permission to go. Yeah, I mean, for the last few years, I was the kind of person just really hoping to get kind of affirmation or mm. or permission from other people or even my home and institutions to, to kind of approve like what I was doing, you know. And And I realized that you don't really need the permission of anyone. You just have to give yourself the permission to be okay to do it and then be okay to deal with whatever comes after that. If you can, you know, deal with the best case or the worst case scenario, then you have nothing to be afraid of. And if you can see that and know how to come back from the worst case one, there's really nothing to be afraid of. And sometimes I feel like the the worst thing to happen is how, like, we always say like the worst thing to happen is actually it's just your feelings. That's what makes mm. it worse. You know, mm, we feel mm, this yeah. way so it feels like life is going to come crashing down on us. But actually that's just your feeling and if you can if you can sit with the, that feeling and, and be friends with that feeling of, you know, being scared or fear or, you know, anxious, then mm. hug those feelings and then let's go through that door together because I would say life is short and there's so much to experience in this lifetime and we're in a world where we can travel, we can, you know, have the technology to do so many amazing things and why not just do it anyway? That's right. So I think if we were to, if you were to ask us or if anyone were to ask us, do you step through that door that opens? I think both of us would say yes. Yes. Evaluate. Yes, right. Evaluate, (laughs) definitely evaluate. You know, some people say, don't think so much, just go. But no, you still have to think. You still have to think a lot. But at the end of it, don't get just lost with your thoughts. Give yourself the permission and the courage. Hopefully you can muster that courage to step through that door. And you know what? We, like Shanice and I, we really want to hear your stories too. 
We would love to hear the stories of everybody else out there in the world who is doing life differently, counter-culturally, counter-intuitively. And, and, and we want to hear from all of you who have given yourselves the permission to say yes to a world that is out of your comfort zones. Let's keep telling the stories of these exciting tales yeah and with that we're gonna wrap up this episode i hope this was helpful to you or comforting to you especially if you're in a season of making changes making decision evaluating timing and asking yourself is this the right time and we hope that we've been a source of comfort in your years a safe space an inspiring voice two inspiring voices all the goodness even despite and having all the that challenges. real talk, <laughs> that real talk with you that maybe no one is having with you about when is a good time. That's right. This has been heart to heart from us to you. <laughs> time to say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Heart Truths. If you enjoyed our show, please do subscribe, share our show with your friends, rate us or leave us a glowing review. If you would like to connect with us or share your heart truths with us, you can always reach us at hdhtpodcast at gmail.com or find us on our socials. See you in the next episode.